Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Duff Beer, in association with Laramie Cigarettes, is proud to welcome Spinal Tap. Welcome to episode 77 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and Stonehenge wrong size the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I am still Heidi Bennett, and I'm still, as of this recording, at HeidiBennett.com. <laughs> and I'm Sean German, and they tell me I'm from 5MinutesOfMime.com. <laughs> <laughs> And this just in, our special guest today, uh, they've come back for another minute. It's John and Niall from Bat Minute 89. Welcome Hello. back. Hey. I can't believe you had us back after we ruined your show in the last minute. <laughs> we figured we'd make you work it off by uh, by doing another show. <laughs> I thought, thought, thought we suffered enough time to sleep on that stiff sofa. To be fair, but like, oh, my neck. No, we're getting a bad reputation with our sofa troubles. <laughs> Maybe we can upgrade. <laughs> yeah, I should have warned you about that. Yeah, just just in time for the end of, end of the podcast. <laughs> just, yep. oh, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are here to talk about minute 77 of the movie This Is Spinal Tap. And minute 77 starts with David giving Nigel the head nod. We end with a new drummer in Japan. And in between, David and Nigel are reunited on stage. Mm. Aww. Yeah. Aww. This, is like, this is like the kind of like the as close to a proper plot arc yeah. uh, in the film. This, this is essentially the end of the arc now. This is what we mm-hmm. the, the conclusion of the story is in this minute. And that they, you know, the friends that were torn apart and now they've come back together. So, yes, reunited. It's very touching. And it feels so good. It feels so good. Brought a tear <laughs> to my eye. <laughs> Again, too, I have to say, like, I really admire that, you know, we were talking last minute about the, like, you know, the lack of dialogue and the, the, everything's so unspoken. But it's, it's great in this minute is that the reunion is so easy. It's just like mm-hmm. these, these two guys, they understand exactly without having to say anything what's occurring and then it's literally just like all he has to do is just go come on out and that's and then like it's just Nigel's like yep fine like the, the band's back together now and it's just like <laughs> the bond the, the bond between them the Peter James bond between them <laughs> <laughs> so strong that they've managed to like that's that's all it takes to bring these like these best friends back together and it's just like that, that's it's nice it's just really nice so well it has happened before it's not it's not really that far-fetched a thing to to occur because one of my favorite musicians ever Joe Strummer um, mm. He was doing a gig in, I think it was London. It was one of his last gigs before he, he died. I think it was a benefit gig for like striking firefighters or something. He was playing with his band, the Mescaleros, Mescaleros. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. you pronounce that. Well put, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mick Jones from The Clash was in attendance and he, he jumped up on stage and they just started doing Clash songs together, which was great. They hadn't done that in years and years. Wow. Um, yeah. So it, it has occurred. Um oh. Although people always say, oh, that was Joe's last gig. It wasn't, actually. His last gig was here in Liverpool. It just, this makes a nicer story, so people go with it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like one of those things, like, uh, maybe, maybe a film we could recommend, actually, the uh, uh, Searching for Sugar Man. 
The, oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah! Oh yeah! But like the actual documentary, like makes it like, oh, he never knew that he was he was so popular elsewhere in the world and all this kind of thing. It's a great story. It's a great documentary when you watch it and so touching and like, oh, it's amazing. And then when you actually look into the guy's life, it's like, oh no, he knew. And they had he had previously <laughs> attempted the tour there already, and it was like failed. It's not, yeah, it's not quite as, like they they really had to streamline that into like a a proper film narrative because so like well it's not it's not as effective if you find out that like oh no he, he knew that he was big over there anyway and like, right. he, he had actually already been over there and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah well speaking of recommendations are there any um rockumentaries or documentaries or <laughs> i didn't say it the way you always do sean <laughs> documentaries or rockumentaries if you will that you, uh, gentlemen uh recommend I know you have a few, John. I know you have one anyway that the, oh. you're very, very passionate about. <laughs> I could list. I've got about twenty. I could go with um, my favorite <laughs> one of all time because they're my joint favorite band of all time. It's about the Sex Pistols. It's the Filth and the Fury. Oh yeah, uh, that's yeah. an amazing documentary. It's brilliant. Even if you're not into the band, I think mm-hmm. you would appreciate it because it just it takes you back to another time, another world. It's amazing. Um, what else? I mean, oh, there's a, speaking of Joe Strummer, he's, there's a great one about him. The future is unwritten. Mm, yeah, That's that great because it's not just about the clash. It's about his whole life and career and everything he believes in. It's, it's wonderful. Mm. It is. I recommend that one too. That one's really good. Uh, has anyone on the show, like this isn't, it's not technically a documentary, but has anyone ever pitched uh, 24-hour party people? The uh, Oh, did you write? Didn't you yeah, re- I mention think, that one, Sean? Yeah, we mentioned it early on. It, yeah, because it, it's, it's very it's, good. Yeah, it's more because it's not quite the you know, the, you know, for people who don't know, it's like the recounting of the events of the entire Manchester scene in Manchester, England. Mm-hmm. But it goes right from like the genesis of um, it starts off at the Sex Pistols' first gig, and mm-hmm. then through the formation of Joy Division, and then New Order, right up to the Happy Mondays, and then through like all the. You know the, the the downfall of the Hacienda Club and stuff of uh of it with within the nineties, but I think it's it's worth like I know because me and John are both big fans of him, but because it stars Steve Coogan, oh, who's yes. in the UK is infamously most known as Alan Partridge, who's a character who's incredibly Spinal Tap influenced, <laughs> and that yeah. I don't know if you, have you guys ever watched the show or I've watched Steve Coogan and other stuff. But not I haven't watched Alan Partridge. Have you, Sean? Oh, yeah, the, the same here. I I recognize the name. I've never, yeah, I've never seen any actual Alan Partridge. Oh, but Steve oh, Coogan's great in in many things. So uh, oh, but oh, the, ca- cannot recommend. Uh, I'm Alan Partridge, the TV show he did. Uh, where John John's a bigger fan than I am. But it's essentially like Steve Coogan's playing middle aged sad sack middle-of-the-road radio DJ <laughs> whose career is desperately floundering. <laughs> and it's like, he, he could describe it to you better than I can, but it's an abs- in the UK, it's an absolute... It's up there with, like, Faulty Towers and stuff. It's, like, one of the great UK sitcoms and stuff. And, uh, you did perfectly there, because you, you've summed it up. It's it's my favourite comedy from, from the UK, anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. And he actually, he does um, another show, which didn't last so long, uh, called Saxondale. Um, and that's also a bit like this because uh, in that he plays a uh, an old roadie who's been around uh, touring with every major band you can imagine except Led Zeppelin. And that's like it's something that really annoys him because everyone he meets, you know, he's like, oh, I toured with this band. I toured with that band. And all they ever say is, oh, what about Zeppelin? <laughs> and the answer is, oh, no, no. <laughs> and it's really eating him alive. It's like his ambition in life. 
<laughs> but even cool. then, uh, those are all really good. Yeah, those are all really good recommendations. Yeah, I would just say as well for like, um, you know, something like Twenty Four Hour Party People. It's, it's just more interesting in that it has like little bits of um, reality and the, the fiction of it all blending together. Like there's a sequence where um, Tony Wilson's character, who's played by Steve Coogan, uh, he witnesses his uh, his wife or his then wife. Uh, having sex in the bathroom with uh, Howard DeVoto from the Buzzcocks. What? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then he, and he goes to sto- he storms out of the room, but it passes by a janitor, and the janitor turns to the camera and says, "I don't remember this happening at all." And then the the film stops, and the voiceover comes in and says, "This man here is the real Howard DeVoto. He and my <laughs> ex-wife claimed that this never happened." but I'm putting it in the film anyway. <laughs> and there's loads of little things. Like you actually see the actual Tony Wilson playing like a TV producer and the mm-hmm. film will stop and go, that's the real Tony Wilson. And it's, it's really meshing the whole, the fiction and the reality. And it's much more playful than like, um, cause it covers, you know, Ian Curtis's suicide and stuff as well, but it's done in a much more playful manner, not the suicide sequence itself, but the actual, the, the, the entire career of joy division. Much more than say like control, which is like a right. very oh. somber, somber piece. But but it's highly it's one of those, it was very very celebrated when it came out, and it seems to have sort of faded away a little bit. But I think it it, it deserves to be remembered. So like I'll I'll highly recommend that, and I highly recommend Alan Partridge to anyone who's not come across that character at all. So. And Saxondale as well. Saxondale is also <laughs> excellent. But, uh, we, we could uh, just keep going, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got um, one of my favorite movies is a, is a musical, believe it or not. It's uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, it's yeah. It's a rock musical. I love that. So I'd recommend that as well. I once watched that every day for a month because I was very bored. that is really good and that one hasn't come up at all either and it's so incredible i haven't seen it in a long time but when it came out i definitely saw it several times you know it's one other one as well that um we've gone on a bit but uh i'll also (laughs) throw in a pitch because it's a it's a great it's a great film that's fallen down by the wayside is uh sweet and low down it's a woody allen film Oh, yeah. But it's again, it's not a it's not a documentary per se, but it's a fictionalized account of a a gypsy jazz guitar player played by Sean Penn in like the nineteen thirties, right. and uh, he's he, he he's a complete and utter asshole basically. <laughs> yes, but he claims that he's the, uh, the second greatest guitar player in the world after Django Reinhardt. Right, and uh, it's, it's basically it's it's this entire just go through periods of his life, and he meets up with. Um, Samantha Morton, who's excellent in it, she plays a sort of uh, mute young woman who's just like in love with his music, and she just takes all the abuse that he doles out. But there's a there's a weird kind of affection between them as well, and um, the film doesn't shy away from like how horrible he actually is as well. But and then that, the fact is played by Sean Penn, who is I'll go on record an absolute horrible person. <laughs> In real life. Really? <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, he is. Like, if you look up, uh, look up what stuff he did to Madonna. The Sean Penn is a guy who should be in prison. But uh, God, yeah, seriously. But uh, I know now I've said this on there. He might be listening and be like, oh, "I'm gonna go track that guy down." But, uh, We're getting sued. And you're John, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is John. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's one of the you know Woody Allen's kind of gone through. Uh, he's not in the, the the highest point of his career at the minute, and he's he's been sort of eh for like a while. But this yeah. is a, a real gem of his that was came out in 1999, and it. It did, you know, got great critical praise when it came out, and then me and my dad loved it because my dad's a guitar player, and then it just seems to disappear. It's, it's very difficult to even get on um, 
like proper DVDs. Like I, I mm-hmm. bought a copy, but it was like somebody had just somebody on eBay had obviously just copied it onto a disc <laughs> and sent it <laughs> in a little paper thing. Like, but I highly recommend that as well. If anyone, uh, if you're a Woody Allen fan, and if you just like, uh, if you like Gypsy Jazz, a lot of that in the soundtrack. And um, if uh, yeah, if you just uh, like little questionably sweet love stories that have a very dark edge to them as well uh it's it's one <laughs> Don't to seek we all out. Like that. Yeah, so. <laughs> cool yeah no thanks you guys definitely brought in a lot of fresh ideas so that's we'll definitely put links to all of those shows and movies and things and that's very cool. So, yeah, let's get into this minute. This is, like you said, this is a pivotal yeah. minute with with a few head shakes and some... I really like how the guys get together to reunite on stage. Uh, my husband said it was kind of like a child eating ice cream for the first time. Like, <laughs> and you see... Nige pick up his guitar and start playing you know there's just all this joy between he's like yeah you know like his face just <laughs> bursts into excitement and uh david's sharing it and and the rest of the guys of course you know when you've played with everybody for a, a long time you kind of know how to slip into sync right away and so mm. that's very exciting and then what happens <laughs> <laughs> seconds later we lose mick Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that, that was the question I had. Is that does because from that then you cut to the Japan gig, and I was wondering, did Mick die just then? In as soon as that happened, or is this footage from like another gig that they put in to let you know that he died? Oh, because it seems point. like yeah. if there if there was a concert fil- uh, a concert that happened where a band reunited live on stage, and then the drummer spontaneously combusted. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be the whole yeah, documentary the amazing show ever. <laughs> that would just be like the whole film would just be like this. This happened like but this, instead of just being like, oh yeah, that's just yeah. At the tail end, he also died. So, <laughs> well, using using the explosion of the drummer as like a jump cut to me is one of the funniest things in the history of film. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, the way it just carries on like nothing happened. Oh yeah, it's another drummer. <laughs> Yeah, and then we get a little nod to the Three Stooges because we've got Joe Mama Besser. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, not only is there the Joe Mama joke, you know, in there, but <laughs> Joe Besser was one of the lesser known, but still part of the, the Three Stooges lineup at, at a yeah. certain point. So it's the, it's the second Stooges drummer reference as well, isn't it? Because of uh, you had, was it uh, Stumpy Peeps and then Stumpy Joe was a reference to curly and curly joe right and and then now there's another one down the line so (laughs) i also find it quite funny that they're um they're big in japan because um at least in the uk it was traditionally like in the past seen as somewhere you went when you were kind of creatively spent you know at least for a while if you just wanted to to take some downtime and rake some some money in quickly you'd go to japan and do some gigs because you knew they'd all turn out basically so Mm -hmm. it's quite fitting that they uh they think they've made it but they've only made it there. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> the, the Sex Pistols actually referenced that in a song, um, New York, which I think it, they're having a little dig at bands like the New York Dolls and things going to Japan. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we've... Uh... I know I have several friends. I feel like we recently talked with somebody, Sean, am I just totally like having a stroke over here about performing around here and then you travel to Japan and get a huge following. You know, I have some friends who've been in some different like garage bands and surf bands and stuff like that. And 
you go to Japan and you have a whole rabid fan base. <laughs> yeah, well, we know uh, well, Paul, Paul Shortino just recently got back from uh, a tour right. of Japan. Duke uh, fame. Duke fame of This Is Spinal Tap fame. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think that has the same sort of connotation here in America as well. It's, it's one of those backhanded compliments because if you're big – you know, if you were big in England or you're big in the the states, you would say I'm I'm big here. But to yeah. say I'm big in Japan means well, okay, <laughs> you're you're the the unstated assumption is well, you're not big here. Yeah, That's why you yeah. have to say well, I'm big in this other place. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that similar to having like a Canadian? Like I have a girlfriend. She just <laughs> That's Canada. what I was thinking. I wasn't gonna go there, but yeah, when. <laughs> When when guys say, "Oh yeah, I've got a girlfriend in you know in Canada," you wouldn't know her. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big in <laughs> yeah, Japan. She, she goes yeah. to a different school. Uh, yeah, she goes to a different school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should mention as well before we, that uh, Joe Mama uh, Besser or Basser Besser or Basser. Okay, Besser. Yeah, Besser. He's but he's Besser. also uh, he's played by the fantastically named Fred Asparagus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fred Asparagus. <laughs> Who's Looking through uh, his IMDb, has appeared in uh, Cheers, The Three Amigos, Dragnet, and Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> but does the do the IMDb facts tell us if his pee smells? That's what I'm most interested. <laughs> they could. His Wikipedia could, John, if you get on there. <laughs> Can you tweet him? Tweet him for oh, me. Tragically, uh, Fred Asparagus is no longer with us. Uh, oh, did he explode? I thought no. I actually thought it was like, mildly interesting in that uh, apparently he died in June '98, but oh. then the original uh, Joe Besser from the, the Three Stooges died in 1988. Oh, so it's like, oh, oh. Ten, 10 years later. That's, yeah. a, kind of, <laughs> that's a very very minor co- coincidence. There. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, so R.I.P. Mick, but we're on to some exciting times touring Japan, which it does look like they've in the exact same music hall and they've <laughs> rolled out or unfolded a, a um, I guess it's supposed to be a flag. Yeah, you can there. see the flag. So they must be in Japan. Of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> well, <you> know. <laughs> the thing is, though, like, because it it comes up then, like, directly after, like, uh, Kobe Hall, Japan. It's like, well, why do you need the the flag? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> right. It's just, like, we, we know that, like, we seen Mick, Mick blow up, and then another guy a- appear. We didn't think like he just magically he just tur- like Mick blew up and then turned into this other much heavier man. <laughs> right, like, we know right. there's been a transition, so all you need is this the little the the, the type to say, yeah, now they're yeah. in Japan. <laughs> I don't know. That would that would be a great gag if the the drummers died and they just had another one ready to go within the minute. <laughs> kind, of, kind, of like, uh, kind of like when a it's shark like an understudy, and it's uh, it's got other teeth ready to go you know <laughs> right right i have to wonder like in uh in any spinal tap concerts have they ever done an in memoriam uh like where they've just had like a screen showing <laughs> like all the previous members of the band because then like you just throw in so many new jokes there as well that's like you could have a shot of like you know whoever was the one who like choked on vomit and just have like a, like a police photo of his body lying there or something <laughs> <laughs> i think uh they actually say what happens to Joe Mama Besser, apparently. Oh. Uh, he, he seems to have survived, actually, the well, the character, because uh, it says, uh, apparently he claimed he couldn't take this 4-4, and then the word is censored. 
Uh, <laughs> and then uh, he he disappeared along with the equipment during their Japanese tour. So oh. yeah. says he is either dead or playing jazz. So um, I'm assuming this it's, it must be this Japanese tour as well. So jo- Joe Besser did not stick around with these guys. Well, he he could help promote Jazz Odyssey. Surely Jazz Odyssey uh, could have been like a big part of the set if there was two of them. Well, yeah, yeah. that's just what they needed. Yeah, a jazz drummer. More Spinal Tap luck is just like, oh, if we had this guy, like we wouldn't need Nigel. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, like going back a couple of seconds, I'm just wondering as well, because you see when Nigel comes out, a lot of people in the crowd who were very unenthusiastic Mm -hmm. suddenly jump up. And I was just wondering, like, is this like people who were just proper Nigel fans or like they were just like they showed up and because back in 82, maybe the information that he had left the band hadn't spread. And so they were very sort of despondent and sitting or is it just the fact that they've shown up and they're just like, oh, these guys sound terrible. And then they sat down and, and <laughs> right. with that, they them into life. Or, <laughs> I was just wondering what, 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 what those people's... Uh... Because again, it's the opening number as well. So like why they so immediately got unenthusiastic and just sat down. But Right. Aww. It could just be that they thought, well, maybe Nigel shat himself and he <laughs> <laughs> change his pants before he could come out. <laughs> Yeah, we don't we don't know what they know, but yeah, we certainly see the uh, the crowd gets more enthusiastic. There's a roar as soon as they they see Nigel. So they're yeah, the, they yeah they may have just have thought that this was a dramatic entrance that they were doing, you know, to hold back and then you know and then send Nigel in. I and do hate we, it when bands do that though, when they deliberately make you wait and wait and wait. Like I saw a band um, Gogol Bordello. Mm-hmm. And they they were playing and the singer wouldn't come on for about 10 minutes. It was just building up and build. And it got to the point of like, oh, get on with it. Get on with it. Come on. Get on with it. <laughs> but then they were great. So, and, and plus I loved, I loved the singer Eugene Hoots is, uh, his accent. Cause he just came out like, hello, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> so it made up for it very quickly. Yeah. All is forgotten once he gets out there, I guess. <laughs> I also have to ask as well, because uh, it seems like the, the the one appropriate time to ask. Sure. Uh, has anyone gone in to try to... Because when Nigel comes out on stage, the same mishap happens with his guitar, with the, the radio Right, plays. right. Uh, has anyone actually tried to decipher what's been said on the radio? Because it seems like that that's a prime spot to put in, like a little, some form of like hidden joke. But like, I, I couldn't... I l- tried listening to it, I couldn't make out anything. But it seems like someone throughout the past 30 plus years has gone managed to decipher what that is and put it out into the internet <laughs> well, somewhere but i can't find it so well is it a mishap though because i i was unsure about that i i was thinking maybe the keyboard player was really into it and he's just put it in the track because he loved how it sounded last time <laughs> i genuinely was thinking oh he's he's just done that because he gave him a little look like yeah you like that don't you <laughs> yeah. it, also, it also proves that the band they don't learn because like nigel quit because that happened and then right. they obviously took that radio pack and was like yeah put it on another guitar it's fine <laughs> it's like wouldn't you just go yeah maybe we should we shouldn't yeah, use that thing anymore so just tempting tempting fate there I don't. Yeah, I, I think it, you know if it is something Viv sleeping slipping in. David and Nigel certainly aren't aware that they're they're looking around and Nigel Nigel's kind of fiddling with knobs. They they certainly didn't seem to expect it. Although whatever they've got, you know, whoever Roadie or Tech was, uh, you know, was asleep at the wheel in in Seattle. They're paying attention this time. They do get 
after a little bit, the the interference clears up, and we we get back to uh, to hearing Nigel. So uh, they they've they figured it out. But yeah, there's certainly tempting fate going back to the radio transmitter. Mm. I but yeah, I could have- never I could never tell what they were saying. I just felt like it was a. I felt like it was a way of saying really quickly, like you said, we don't have dialogue here, but it's another way to in, to ev- evoke, invoke, evoke that that <laughs> <laughs> invoke incant- incantation that um, <laughs> that little things like this are be are we're past them now, you know. Like if this kind of yeah. thing happens again, we'll we'll still deal with it together. Um, Nigel's not going to let it. You know, he's going to take it in stride. So I thought that's what it was there to convey. Yeah, I think right, definitely, there's some of that and also um, like a double-edged sword kind of thing where it's uh, also telling you nothing's going to change. Like right, They're, right. they're going to keep being spinal <laughs> tap. They're going to keep making the same mistakes. They're going to be the yes. same. <laughs> yeah, and then that's proven because then their drummer explodes like right. seconds after. <laughs> just to just to, yeah, drive home the the point that yes, we've you know we've gone through that narrative arc where they break up, they're apart, they're sullen, and now they're reunited, but they still haven't learned anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no one's grown or anything. This isn't yeah, that's not going to happen here. <laughs> I do also have the uh, tangential story like a tease off air earlier about but i don't again for sure because i know sean's got his upcoming groundhog day uh podcast coming right but i do i do have a link between uh from like nigel to go from like nigel's radio wave problem through to how uh the band radiohead is named after ned ryerson from uh from groundhog day <laughs> but i don't oh, know yeah. whether to like should I bring that out here, or should I? You know, should do you want to leave that until it's in a more relevant film? Because <laughs> it might, uh, it might, it might suit the uh, Groundhog Day. <laughs> I say bring it in right now. It'll be a good a teaser for things to come. Do yeah, it, I'm, do it. <laughs> yeah, you, you you teased us with this story. I want to hear this connection. So bring yeah, it well, it's basically that. Well, you know. Because it ties in as well, because it's the Glastonbury Festival over in the UK at the minute, and the Radiohead are one of the headliners. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's kind of that kind of suits. But uh, basically, yeah, it's that uh, the actor who plays Ned Ryerson, uh, Stephen Tobolowski, Tobolowski, or I'm Tobolos- not too sure. Tobolowski, yeah, Tobolowski, Tobolowski is one of those character actors who's in everything. Like he's yeah. like you oh, know yeah. this guy, but uh, apparently at one stage in like the late '80s, he bumped into David Byrne from uh, the Talking Heads. And somehow, at that point, Byrne was working on True Stories. Like, Talking Heads were writing the album True Stories, and then he was working on his directorial debut, a film called True Stories, which right. was, not, was supposed to be sort of based on, like, you know, those little, like, oddity stories that you read on in, like, the National Enquirer and little, <laughs> like, like, local newspapers and stuff. And yeah. um, he, he, for some reason, he roped in uh, Stephen to uh, help co-write the film with him. And uh, at one point then, uh, they were having dinner, and uh, Stephen's wife or his girlfriend said, like, you should tell David about, like, your own little thing. Because apparently, Stephen Tobolowsk, I'm never going to get that name. Tobolowsk, yeah, yeah, it's (laughs) it's challenging. Good job. (laughs) uh, Tobolowsk, apparently, he's psychic. Like, he said, uh, and he said, uh, oh, I've got, it's a thing that he used to do a lot more, whereas that he could um, pick up people's emotions and you can pick up little tidbits about them and he said it would come through to him in the form of tones like radio waves and it would it would come to him and he'd just be like he'd be able to sit with someone and just look at them and just sense from the tones that he was getting from them 
that like oh like you this has recently happened to you and like it it, it got it so <laughs> accurately that people used to like leave the room creeped out by it and stuff oh and uh, and eventually told David Byrne this and David Byrne was like oh yeah that's great that's great and uh, apparently then like the, it went off and uh, he made true stories and a lot of the stuff that he told the Tobolowsky told uh, Byrne was like jettisoned from the film because it was just sort of a passing thing. Uh, but then in the album that came out with True Stories, the Talking Heads album, True Stories, there's a song called Radiohead, which is yeah. based on that story that Stephen Tobolowsky told David Byrne. And from that song, the band Radiohead got their name. So, in a roundabout <laughs> way, Radiohead <laughs> are named after the guy who played Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day. <laughs> so he's so Radiohead like uh, Jack Nance's Eraserhead. Basically, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good story. And uh, it reminds me again, and I know I've, I've plugged this podcast before, but Stephen Tobolowsky is also on I Was There Too, oh. that podcast. And he tells that story, I believe, on that podcast. Oh, now that you've told it, it kind of rings a bell. So <laughs> the I Was There Too podcast with Stephen Tobolowsky is really entertaining. And also, yeah, true stories I have on VHS. It came out in 1989 or 86, the movie True Stories. It has a really interesting cast, and it's, you know, R.I.P. Spalding Gray. Spalding Gray does some really interesting performance art almost in this movie, and uh, pops Staples from the Staples Singers, one of my favorite, yeah. um, you know, kind of soul gospel groups. He plays a really cool part. And then Tito Lariva. Tito Lariva is, he's in this movie and he sings Radiohead in this movie. And he was also um, the the lead singer of Tito and Tarantula, who I've seen live. And they're really an incredibly cool, I don't even know how to describe what they do, but it's like, kind of, are you guys f- familiar with Tito and Tarantula? No, don't no, know them, but that's a great no. name. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, yes, a great name. There's one of those bands where I have to totally admit that, you know how you go like, the lead singer looked at me. I remember seeing (laughs) a play and like I was dancing and like really getting into it and stuff. And I remember him looking out and my friend, my friend Bob leaned over and he goes, Tito's totally checking you out while you dance. I was all, (laughs) Actually kind of the tie into that in in a kind of uh, weird way. Because uh, me and my friend uh, Jimmy, who's also uh, was a musician in himself, and he actually had one of my favorite uh, band name ever. The, one of the bands he was in was called uh, White Blackula, which is <laughs> <Nice>. uh, <laughs> great band as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're a great band. Sadly, they're they're no longer together. But uh, yeah, great band. But me and him went to see David Byrne live one time, and uh, we we're down at the by the uh, the encore. We were down in the front row, and we were like properly, we like, you know, not rushing the stage, but we were there at the, you know, at the stage. And he was a little bit down, but they were about to start going into um, Road to Nowhere. But he kind of did, uh, like, he strummed the guitar once, and just, and then was about to start singing. But when he did that, Jimmy just shouted out like, "Hey!" And then David Byrne kind of like he had a little like, Ugh. And he looked over like really angry, <laughs> <laughs> and then he and he started singing. But after that, Jimmy's like, "Oh, I like I affected his day in some way." I'm happy. <laughs> right, right. Like, like David Byrne, I don't care if he's angry at me. I just I affected him in some way, so I'm happy with that. He wouldn't have been able to sleep that night. He was like, "Who was that jackass?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of 
I saw Mud Honey play and I was really close to the front of the stage and there was not really even a pit, but it wasn't like people were skanking or anything, but people <laughs> were like moving so much to the music that I got knocked off balance and I reached out my arm and grabbed the mic stand and <laughs> like <laughs> rammed into Mark Arm's face and <laughs> split his lip and so he was like <laughs> bleeding the rest of the show. <laughs> So I definitely affected it. I'm looking Left up. Your mark. I'm yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh god. <laughs> but uh, Tito Lariva, just to go back, just because we've been talking about you know music and and uh, L.A. and punk rock and all that stuff. So he was also in earlier. He was in the Impalas. He was in the Flesh Eaters, and he was in the Plugs. So he was in a lot of the iconic bands of like you know we're on episode 77 he was in a lot of bands from like the 70s and 80s hey, it couldn't be more fitting 77 mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um and also you guys might remember him from from dusk till dawn oh. his band is playing in the titty twister nightclub yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and so when selma hayek's doing her beautiful exotic <laughs> dance oh we can't um, forget that <laughs> they are the ones that are playing so yeah that's tito and tarantula so oh, oh, really? okay. i did yeah. not know that yeah, so there you go. There's a little, little well. They've uh, got the the plugs. Thing. I think have a couple tracks on the uh, the Repo Man soundtrack. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's God, great, great that's another great soundtrack. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, even though I'm the one who's brought up like the Pistols and the Clash and stuff, I've never seen Repo Man. So that's my oh, mission. Oh my God! Yeah, I can think of, I know you would friggin love repo love it. <laughs> tells oh me my them. god well because you're really into twin peaks and there's definitely a twin peaks connection oh wow, yeah there's really? definitely kind of a spooky vibe to it so sure right up yeah. your alley i know what i'm doing the next week then so right. I'm, uh, at some repo point I'm man minute let's <laughs> yeah, get it made right now minute one <laughs> So um, back to this minute. Yeah, back to um, the minute. <laughs> so one thing that that we were noticing, Brian and I, my husband and I, that when they get to Kobe, Japan, that Nigel's wearing something that looks like maybe a jersey from home, but actually, it looks like maybe they turned somebody else's jersey into like the Tokyo version huh? of the. Do you guys see what well, I'm talking the, about? Well, it's the Yomiuri Giants. So there's a right. there's a there's but a it's team not in quite, Yeah, it says it's the Yomiuri Giants, but mm-hmm. at least I don't know if you found something different, Sean. Brian was trying to look up the the way the lettering of the Giants and he said it was slightly different. And so that maybe they took a a local Giants jersey and modified it. But do they call those jerseys when they're baseball? Yeah, baseball jersey. Did you find anything different, Sean? No. So what you think it's a it's a San Francisco Giants jersey that they've doctored to make it look like a Tokyo one. Like yeah. Tokyo. Well, because it's got number one and the name O, which, okay. I assume, which I haven't looked up previously, but I assumed was a player on the Giants. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean we could have just not found the current exact lettering or something but it was just from what we had looked at so maybe our um groupies lounge gang or some of our listeners out there can help us confirm or deny either way if anybody even cares (laughs) (laughs) i didn't notice it but now i'm fascinated i want to know make sure someone (laughs) someone needs to post come on (laughs) 
But yeah, still like another good detail. Like at first I was just like, oh yeah, he's wearing a Giants jersey. That sounds, that's on brand for him. And again, that was a very hot trend of the 80s to don that look. But that, yeah, that it says Tokyo on on the arm there. I have to ask as well with, um, just in terms of like th- this now, like the them in, you know, them in Japan is the end of, of the story. But I do wonder, like, is this within the reality of the film? Is this where, like, Marty stopped filming? Or did he carry on? Because it seems like it's just a bit of a shame for them to bring over an entire documentary crew to shoot one gig all the way in Japan. And then just go, <laughs> right. oh, well, we're done. And just walk away. <laughs> you know, it's just, it seems as if I wonder then, like, some of the things that you see after. You know, like, even, even the footage of, like, Nigel sitting talking about his guitars. Like, that could have happened after Japan. That could have happened. You're not too sure exactly when these sequences occurred or when the like he did the little you know the footage of them talking it uh right well, actually, interviews and stuff i think anything with mick has to be pre-japan obviously <laughs> but uh, right 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 <laughs> if it's mick in the bath then it's probably yeah, yeah. anything that's mick before he is turned into a green globule <laughs> I see. I really wanted to see the green globule. So I was like, "Oh, I didn't even get a close-up of it." I like the mystery. I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> like some things are just some some things just best left to, up to the imagination. <laughs> yeah. Best left unsolved. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then this is like because uh, if this is then the final footage of them in Japan, in my head canon, then this will be the final proper footage of Spinal Tap because my I, my head canon is that. Spinal Tap died when they went to Springfield in The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, you see the bus crash; it burns, it, it explodes at the end. Right. So to right. me, that's like, oh, Spinal Tap are dead. And then like, ever since, when you see Spinal Tap out touring, that's just Ian, Ian Faith just trying to get a bit more money out of them. <laughs> in a Beatles-esque, you know, Paul McCartney's really dead way, he's just hired actors for the entire band except the drummer, who probably survived, ironically. <laughs> and then it's, it's just like. You can really tell because they got uh, the guy from Laverne and Shirley doing Davis and Hubbins, and it's just it's really <laughs> obvious. It's like, but to me, like if that was Spinal Tap, like the band or the, the real band are long dead. But the the current ones who appear to tour every now and again, that's just a bunch of actors. Like so. Uh, well, I was going to bring up the uh, the Paul McCartney thing as soon as you started that story, because <laughs> <laughs> as we all know, he's long dead. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> And now that this guy, like, is is the one, he's the only surviving Beatle now. So it's kind of like this one actor who's just like, I've got all this money and I still have to pretend that I'm Paul McCartney. Well, there is Ringo, but he, but to people. (laughs) Well, I was wondering if you were, you're breaking some news to us right here on the podcast. Well, to people in Liverpool, he's dead. They hate, everyone here hates him. So, no, like, I, I live in might Liverpool. Might as well like, be gone. I don't even know if the guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go star. I forgot about him. <laughs> he's he's reviled, pretty much. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, Sean, was there any other footage or anything for Japan, or is this, like, the end of it? Yeah, Ooh. no, this is it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's an interesting point. Does <laughs> Sounds like you came back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> This is an actor now playing Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so lifelike. This is, this is like when they replaced Darren on uh, on Bewitched. So I knew, <laughs> I knew Sean, and and no one notices. No one says anything. Well, you probably didn't know. I guess, the, I guess I'm, I'm the the Becky of uh, Roseanne was probably a right. more. I guess a less dated reference, but still. No one has any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. I do. Well, you've probably done enough podcasts now. You could just uh, splice together different sentences he's uh, right. already. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good idea. Just get a, an artificial intelligence that will go through a catalog of, of everything I've recorded and can create new uh new, uh, Is new somebody sentences. calling in with a cornbread <laughs> Oh, actually, when I was mentioned during the week, I was like, I must look up a cornbread recipe so I can mention it on air. And then it's just like, nope. <laughs> completely yeah. left my mind. So. Yeah, so so speaking of which, I was in the market uh, just yesterday, and I picked up, I got the, the Jiffy corn muffin box, and then there was another one that I picked up that I haven't had a chance to make them yet, but I'll, I'll do that in the next couple of days so I can report back. Great. On my findings. <laughs> See, that's that's not really a thing over here, but that every time I have managed to have it, very nice. Cornbread, mm. corn muffins, lovely. Mm. Bring mm. it to the UK. <laughs> All right. Okay. Maybe we can brand our own. The Spinal Tap Minute Cornbread <laughs> box recipe. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. We'll be your franchisees. Perfect. I love it. So yeah, anything else Spinal Tap related before we bid you you guys a adieu? Uh, we just have like you know Spinal Tap, so it's so infamous amongst us, and then like it so permeates our lives and stuff. Every other day, there's a little like oh that's a bit you know uh, uh, there's a restaurant chain in Liverpool called uh, Ragas. Oh yeah. <laughs> <And> every, time, <laughs> every time I see it, I'm like, oh, fucking oh, I mentioned that joke to people, and like they just look at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the only other thing I had was um, I, the reason I didn't watch this movie until I was in my twenties was, um, I mean, when I was a when I was a teenager and getting into music. It was around the time of, I mean, it's not really my kind of thing now, but around the time of like Marilyn Manson and stuff like that. So I didn't like this kind of rock. I was like, oh, no, because I thought without having seen this, that they were a real band. And this was a documentary about the band. So I was like, I'm not watching that. It's going to be like a low grade Aussie or something. I'm uh, rubbish. (laughs) And it it, it didn't dawn on me for years and years. Oh, wait, it's a joke. Okay. (laughs) But then I still didn't see it until I was about 26 or something like that. Yeah, they're, uh, and that's what's one of the things I've really enjoyed is listening to w- different stories or just different entry points for our guests because this movie came out in the 80s, so it's been a while. So it's going to come, you know, some people watch some of the later mockumentary type movies or some of the Christopher Guest movies first and then kind of work their way back. So it's been. Well, you mentioned other mockumentaries and stuff. I think the problem, the one problem with this movie is it's it's too good. Like uh, it ruins the format forever because mm. every other mockumentary, it doesn't feel real. Like you know it's a joke straight away. Right. They don't right. sell it straight. Like this, yeah. it, if you're not paying attention, this could just be genuine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to pull off to the actual that idea that they could that, you know they could actually trick people into thinking that this was a real band for like <laughs> yeah. so long because the closest you could get that would be like you know, something like Borat or something, you know, like or an, yeah. an Ali G. But even that now is too high profile that people will just know. And I, pe- I think people now are more aware of, of something 
that bizarre happens or like occurs, oh, yeah. it will be very much like, is this real? Like is, is, everyone's got a right more, mm-hmm. uh, more yeah. cautious and and also because people have mentioned too that the that type of movie or character is that they're they're making fun of or pulling one over on and that's part of the joke you know part of the comedies coming from them like oh my god you know these people that he's talking with don't even know (laughs) that this is a character you know whereas with these guys we're all in on it and we're all enjoying it and they're not doing it to in a way that's making fun of us or anybody else in the movie so it makes it more inclusive so to speak. but then again when nigel's talking about all of his guitars and stuff i have legitimately been in conversations with musicians that just sound like that totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and i have no idea what they're talking about and i'm just playing along like oh right okay yeah yeah and, yeah, they just uh, yeah, and i'll go and pick one up and they're like no don't touch that one <laughs> that's the so some of the scenes with nigel with his guitars though as well and they go back like uh you guys like way back in the film but I always felt a bit weird in that, like, th- during the whole, like, oh, you know, uh, up to 11 scene, I was always kind of on Nigel's side because it was just, like the way Marty's just like, oh, why don't you just make 10 louder and then just put it up to 10? <laughs> and it's just like, well, I'm a, I always assume like, well, I'm assuming it's a louder amp. So, like, you have it at a standard 10. It's just the, the 10 of everything else. And then when they put it up to 11, <laughs> it's louder than every other amp. So I was right. like, well, how yeah, does this? But everyone quotes it like, "Oh, that Nigel Tufnell, what an idiot!" I'm like, I think I kind of, I kind of understand what he's saying. I don't know what's yeah, wrong with it. Yeah, <laughs> I could totally get that. Yeah. No, you just adjust the volumes, don't you? So ten is louder than it was on the other. <laughs> <laughs> God That's damn it! One louder. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Then, Sean, is there anything else from you, or should we start wrapping up this this good old seventy-seven? I think I think that'll do. That'll do for 77. Sweet. Here, here lies minute at 77. And why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell when we get people on here that have seen the movie multiple times because it just, like you said, it's just sort of in your DNA now and there's no <laughs> no getting it out. Yeah. Although I have to say that the line I of Spinal Tap that I quote the mo- most isn't from the film. And so I always quote uh, from, again, the Simpsons appearance they're in. And when Nigel's, uh, well, like everything's going wrong on stage and he just goes, oh, forget it. Turn on the lasers. And then like, a laser hits him in the eye. At the time, I'm, like, I'm exasperated with people. And I'm just about, I'll just go, oh, forget it. Turn on the lasers. And again, it's another one where people just look at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> my, my favorite th- thing other than Stonehenge, of course, it isn't in the movie very much because I, I absolutely love Saucy Jack, which they oh. did do a recording of that you could get on their website. Yes, yeah. yeah. That, that's one of my favorite songs ever. I, I sing that all the time just when I'm going around the house. <laughs> well, we kind of have every time. Naughty. <laughs> You're a haughty one. <laughs> but like even in our on our own podcast though in the Batman at 89 like we kind of started rec- referring to Jack Nicholson as Saucy Jack quite saucy a bit as Jack. well yes. <laughs> how did I not think of that god damn it <laughs> yeah well, I'm waiting for that that full musical to come out yeah I'm sure it's I would go to that in a heartbeat I imagine if those if those guys like reunited to go out and tour that show like a, a Spinal Tap as a musical of you know the the life of Jack the Ripper they would sell out instantly like oh, I, yeah. I would go to it <laughs> let's campaign it hashtag <laughs> tap saucy tap <laughs> I'm doing it right now on my phone <laughs> nice. 
Okay, so hashtag saucy tap. Um, still wanting the cornbread recipes. We're still at spinaltapminute.com. And uh, yeah, how about if people want to connect with you all, Bat Minute 89, where can they find you guys? Um, you can just, uh, well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We're on all of them. Just look up Bat Minute 89. We're pretty much the only thing that comes up. So yeah, jo- join us on Facebook or Twitter. They're probably the best two places. Sweet. Yeah. And thanks to both of you, Niall and John, for joining us. It was really great to have you you guys along and, and uh, yeah, some really great recommendations, good stories. So thanks for oh. being a part of the tour. Oh, I'm happy, happy to do so. Happy to do it anytime. So uh, thank you very much. Sweet. Sean, shall we mosey on out of here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thanks to everyone for listening. Let's close up shop until tomorrow where we do it all over again. But until next time, and so say all of us, tap, tap, tap into, into America. America. America.